2: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. We're previewing another game, regular season week two at Accra Shore Stadium. The Steelers host the New England Patriots at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? Not too much. Just still pinching myself after that crazy game on
1: Sunday. And I am ready for the return of the hoodie nice to see him coming back to aquisher
2: stadium i guess for the first time yeah good point dave schofield what's up dave how's it going
3: every time you guys say that i'm ready to rust into raise your brand raise your brand, raise your brand. Raise your brand. <laughs> i love it <laughs>
1: shout out to what ian's talking about Yeah, hey and I'll
3: i'm, I'm excited you. for them they're excited for next thursday night for uh, of them doing the post game show uh that's going to be a lot of fun but i this forget next thursday sunday 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 this is this well, should be exciting
2: let's take a minute i think it's important that we do this now before the mm-hmm. craziness that is next week brian or dave i don't care who why don't you just do a quick rundown of how things are going to be changing next week with the Steelers playing on Thursday night football in week three against Cleveland in Cleveland, um, with our podcast side, so that everyone's kind of knows what's going on. Who wants to do that?
3: I don't care which one.
2: I'll let Dave, I'll defer. All to right, Dave. go ahead, Dave. Defer,
3: you'll, you'll defer to me. Brian will take notes that, that way, he knows that's what it has to be. All yeah. right, so we will have you know, let's let's roll on from there. You'll get your normal Friday, you'll get your normal Saturday, Sunday morning. I'll be back for the last minute thoughts we will you will see hopefully the three of us for the post-game show that's the plan right now i'm having internet issues i'm just hoping i can complete this show um then we you well also we one of us will be bringing the uh mike tomlin post-game press conference recap that will be going on sunday as well but because most likely that will be brian this week it will be yeah but because of the short week, then everything starts to get compressed down. Now, the morning shows, morning shows stay the same, right, Jeff? Even Friday morning, let's ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the morning shows stay the same. The noon shows stay the same through through Wednesday. It's the YouTube shows that will have a little bit of a change. Um, the hangover is going to go about the same time they do on Monday. That one won't change but you're going to get a double dose on Monday because Scobro show will be going Monday night at nine. Then next Tuesday in place of the Scobro show will be this show, the Steelers preview. We're not going to come on and preview the Steelers game while that game is going on. We've got to make sure we get that in. So that'll be Tuesday night. And then Wednesday will be the, will be the regular know your enemy. Now, once we get to game day, we'll still have a stat geek that morning, but instead of, The regular, what Yin's talking about, that's when you'll get the last-minute thoughts. Because what Yin's talking about, they're going live after the game Thursday night. So then, who knows? Next week, we'll announce something about if there'll be anything different with the following weekend. Because, my goodness,
2: let's just get through that until we have to worry about it. I just wanted to give people a heads up. Great job. Okay. Good job. All right. Okay, let's get to the Steelers news. Uh, There was news today, Thursday. uh, One Trent Jordan Watt officially went on the injured reserve list, which means that he has to sit out the next four weeks minimum. That's not a problem. I don't think anyone is really concerned or surprised with that news. But what surprised me was I actually was starting to think they were going to just promote from their practice squad when they put TJ Watt in injured reserve and then put someone else on the practice squad, which is something they could have done. Uh, but instead, they chose to bring in David. I think it's. I don't even know how to say his last name. An Ani, An- e? An- e? I don't know. Ani. E, I think.
3: <laughs> I was hoping you would know. No, I did no I, I, like,
2: I would know. I still can't say Ogunjobi. <laughs> Ogunjobi. <A, laughs>
1: Ogunjobi. <laughs> when all else fails, you just have the
2: last initial. David, David A. A. So, anyways, David they A. Pr- they. They poached this guy, outside linebacker, undrafted rookie out of Houston. He had a pretty good preseason for the Titans. They poached him off the Titans practice squad, which means they have to promote him to the 53 man active roster. He showed up, uh, I believe it was today, Thursday, had his first practice, said he was excited for the opportunity. He's got to be excited for the opportunity, man. When you think about it, you're on the practice squad, now all of a sudden you're promoted to the Steelers 53 man roster. And I don't know how much this gentleman's going to play, but still guys, what were your thoughts on the transactions that happened on Thursday? Brian, we'll start with you.
1: You know what? Before I really even knew it happened this morning, I woke up and I read how he had a left team and Vrabel was already talking about it because I guess this was in the works and uh, Vrabel had a lot of good things to say about this guy. So the there's a lot of interchanging between linebackers on Pittsburgh and Tennessee as of late. And it seems they go to Tennessee a lot quicker than they come to Pittsburgh. But I almost said it on the show a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the cuts and we found out that Tuska got, got cut. I almost blurted out, Oh, he's going to Tennessee because everybody else goes there as a linebacker. And, and here he did, here he went. So with, with this guy being available with David a being available, you know, we're going to see it. You're not going to see them get a recycled name. You're going to get them a guy that's up. You're going to get a guy that's up and coming and the Steelers do well with guys like that. So I'm, it seems like he's hungry. It seems like he has some heart. I'll take it.
2: All right, Dave, what were your thoughts? Anything? Well, if they wanted this
3: player, he had to go to the 53. They also signed, was it, it was another a, was it Anderson? Was the, no, that was the other earlier, player
2: that was earlier yeah. in the week? They signed yeah, earlier the week. in the linebacker. Yeah,
3: yeah, the linebacker that went that they signed to the practice squad. Now you're probably wondering, okay, well, 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 why that? Well, they couldn't get someone from someone else's practice squad unless they went on the 53. So the player that they were signing off the street, they could sign either place. So in in order to add, if this if this was how you wanted to add to, this is what you had to do.
1: Yeah.
3: Also, th- you might think I'm crazy but don't rule this out. If they feel like the practice squad player from Tennessee is not going to be really ready to go on Sunday, but they feel the player that they added, they added to their own practice squad is don't be shocked. If they do a promotion from the practice squad for the week, and then have the new guy inactive. That's still a possibility. You would say, well, that's crazy. Well, there's a different, little bit of difference in pay, but that's why they have that money they carry into the season in order to do what's ultimately best. So just because one's on the 53 right now and one's on the practice squad doesn't mean that one's definitely going to play and the other one's definitely not. It could. They could still move that around based on how practice works this week.
2: Very good. Good point. So there you have it. Outside linebackers shuffling up a little bit. And then we also, here we are Thursday going into Friday, which we know Friday is the final injury report and game status report day. We don't know what that'll be, but we do have the injury reports for both the Patriots and the Steelers. Dave should have that here. It's week two. I figure we're getting into it. All right, Dave, go ahead.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well... First first thing, I, I do want to say this. There's something with the Patriots injury report that wasn't exactly 100% accurate based on other reports. And that As is... If you know, the that,
2: other reports are accurate. If, if these I'm, the I'm,
3: reports are I'm, accurate. right? So, in other words, there's conflicting reports. There but go. the report... And I'll be honest with you. Once I pulled this off Steelers.com, I didn't go back to see if they changed it because it was a clerical error again. Because, my goodness, they've had like they had six of, of them. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, still to go back to it, oh, no, last week in the first injury report, they had a clerical error. They had a DB instead of LB for Marcus Allen. It took them less than 20 minutes to fix it. But we're supposed to believe Mac that it Jones takes 20 is still, hours.
2: Still yeah, anyway, listed back as it. a back. It's still okay. listed, I just refreshed the page. Still listed okay. as a back. Still
3: listed, he's listed as a back that did not play, but the report is he really missed due to an illness. But if that's the case, they're supposed to add that injury. To their report, now maybe they did, but the Steelers didn't copy it over. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going so far to. I, who cares what the Patriots say? I care what the Steelers say. So we'll get to that one eventually. If you want to look at the Steelers, they had one new player today on the injury report. Cam Hayward was there, not injury related, resting the player, but they didn't rest him fully. He still was limited in practice. Other than that, you know, TJ Watt now will no longer be on the injury report. He was on Wednesday. Not in the longer on Thursday now that he's on IR. But Najee Harris moved from limited to full. Levi Wallace moved from limited to full. Robert Spillane was full, stayed full. Mason Cole was limited and stayed limited on Thursday. Now he spoke after practice, says that he's fine, he's good to go. We'll see how that works out for Friday. Um, do you want to talk about that first or then go into the Patriots?
2: mason cole's the only concern for me on the Steelers side i mean at this point brian would you agree yeah really i mean that's that's the only guy that
1: that i'm concerned about because you know that's the guy that you seem like you have everybody that just has you know bruises but they're expected to play yeah
3: I'll be honest, I'll be interesting to see if there's a game status for Najee Harris, even if he's full again tomorrow, that they might throw a questionable status on him. Just because he's practicing full doesn't mean that he's going 100%. That's what some Steeler fans are wondering, um, or he might not have
2: any injury status.
3: I think tomorrow he'll be the key.
2: People also need to remember they eliminated the probable tag. Yes. So, if someone is on the cusp of maybe what a probable would have been, they can just list it as questionable. They have to be, questionable. and they have no other option. Just to keep that in mind. Good, idea. yeah,
3: yeah. So then, if we roll into into the Patriots, their theirs actually expanded from the day before. But Mac Jones, quarterback, did not practice. It says back there was other reports that he was sick. Uh, linebacker Jawan Bentley um, toe was limited. Safety Joshua Bledsoe groin limited. Um, tackle Trent Brown, ankle, ankle limited safety, Adrian Phillips, ribs, limited running back, Pierre strong junior shoulder limited and cornerback Sean Wade, ankle limited. I will be honest with you. I don't know the players of the Patriots anymore. The no. Steelers haven't played them for two years. I don't even know if these guys are starters or if they're guys that would be
2: inactive. I couldn't tell you. Their tackle being listed is interesting, yeah. especially because their offensive line is not their strength anyways. Uh, but I think the Mac Jones thing is really interesting, Dave. I noticed the same exact thing before you even brought it up. And I think back to week one when Deontay Johnson was battling the shoulder and then all of a sudden he left practice with cramps. What did they do? They added cramps to the injury mm-hmm. report because that's why he missed part of practice. Uh, so it's going to be interesting either way. I view Mac Jones and that's the most important injury for me, at least. I, if, if anyone's ever had back spasms or has pulled their back you know, you, you just feel that yank in your lower back, wherever in your back, it hurts. And that thing could be a problem for a while. You could pass all the tests and the scans and all that stuff, but that doesn't mean you feel good. And Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback anyways, even if he was sick, (laughs) even if he has a nasty cold or if he has flu like symptoms or something like that, you got to wonder, is this guy going to be a hundred percent? And so I have a question for Brian. Um, when, when we, when we wrap this up about Mac Jones, uh, but Dave, you wanted to say something. Go ahead.
3: Of course, I I went ahead and did it. According to the new England Patriots official website, he is listed with an illness.
2: Mm, so steal so the the copy, and paste, uh, the copy the, and paste. Yeah. Yeah. The copy. <laughs>
3: what was it? The copy paste component was the copy yeah. and paste component.
2: <laughs> okay. Brian, what do you think about the injury report? Anything of note? Well, the whole Mac Jones things to,
1: thing to me is uh, I'm hoping it plays because Brian Hoyer plays. I don't care how old he is. I don't care that he's a journeyman.
2: He's tough against the Steelers. That was my question. <laughs> 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 it was the Case Keenum effect. Yeah. The Case Keenum effect. Would you rather play Mac Jones than Brian Hoyer? Because when Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum were in Cleveland, we all said the same thing. I'd rather play Baker Mayfield than mm-hmm. Case Keenum. So is that where you're leaning here, Brian?
1: Absolutely. I, I want to see Mac Jones. You know, you want to see a guy that that got beat up last week in a game. And then if you throw an illness, man, I'm a big wimp. When I have an illness, <laughs> I've a, I'm a. just like, I drag. And I'm, the, I'm not saying uh, Mac Jones is, is uh, <laughs> uh, as much of a wimp as I am. All I'm saying is that I know you just go out there and you're like, oh, you, it's hard. Not everybody's going to be Michael Jordan in the 90, 1998 finals. You know, not ev- everyone's going to go out with the flu and, and put 50 on you. So I, I, just, I just think the, the Steelers could just rear back and, uh, and
2: hurt this guy.
0: I'm not sorry, I'm laughing.
2: Them, but... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, Brian. I still remember. I think there was a time you, you, you hurt your hamstring. I think like it was. I, were you was laying on the couch, or you got up? <laughs> <laughs> you had to take like painkillers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, what did you do? And you're like, I was just laying on the couch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that
2: that happens a lot.
1: Now, <laughs> not, now that I'm on the wrong side of fifty, it, it's happening <laughs> no. more and
2: more. To eastbound. Oh, All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, see yeah, something about on.
3: Mac Jones? Sure. What about because yeah. yeah. it then the and the Brian Hoyer thing? Case um, effect. Yes. Here's the difference with me. When I was like, oh yeah, I want I want Baker Mayfield. I don't want I I I don't want the the backup. Mac Jones isn't as much as the what I would call a quote unquote loose cannon, if you know what I mean with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I always expected Baker Mayfield to 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 take chances, and in the NFL, those chances not paying off. I don't think that Mac Jones is that same kind of, of quote-unquote, loose cannon of a quarterback, because uh, I don't think his head coach would allow him to be that. So, therefore, it's not like, oh, man, I always wanted Baker Mayfield to play because I thought he was good for more turnovers. I don't know that there's going to be – be one one of those deals there um, as as much as we have with other with the other case kingdom effect in the
2: past actually Jones just reminds me of a statue like just mm-hmm. a flipping statue back there but hey I know he can run he's just not a runner there's a difference okay I want to ask you all a question this has to do with an article that I wrote for the website uh, this afternoon and it was about ESPN I was looking at ESPN plus and I sometimes I'm just trying to get some ideas and they had asked the question I didn't realize this statistic that since the year 2000, either the Steelers Patriots, one or the other, or both have been represented in the AFC playoffs every single year. I had no idea. It's incredible. When you think about it, they predicted that is Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN predicted that that streak will end this year. You all agree with that? Or do you disagree? Yeah, we know where our, where our hearts are, but I'm asking you to think outside the box, Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I said it a
1: couple of weeks ago that I still expect the Steelers to be a six seed. I don't expect the Patriots to be there, but the, the one thing with the Patriots is the Bill Belichick factor is real. Um, if you go ahead and listen to tomorrow's show of here we go, the Steelers show, you know, Kevin kind of mentioned that this, these are like the late Chuck Knoll years, like in the twilight of the Chuck Knoll year, uh, years uh, in that career. And that's like for Bill Belichick is what you're saying. But Chuck Noll had some nice runs in an AFC championship game late in his career and, and stuff like that. And Bill Belichick is, is capable taking a bad team to the playoffs. So nothing would surprise me. But I think if I had to put money on one of these two teams to go, it would be the Steelers. But a lot of people are going to disagree with me based on the way the offense looked last week, but you can actually, you know, there's some, there's some rust. If you go back to the 1990 season, the Steelers almost made the playoffs, but they didn't score a touchdown for the first four weeks of the season. Then Bubby finally caught fire and, and they did well. So I I can actually see that that this is a Steelers team that that uh, might have some hiccups, but this could be a playoff team. So I'm going to – if I have to put my coin on it, I'm still going to say the Steelers could be a sixth or seventh seed. Dave, what do you think
2: about that? I, I
3: think these two teams could very well be battling f- each other for a wild-card spot at worst, you know, where where it'll, where they could both be teams in the mix. Brian talks about the Bill Belichick effect – Honestly, this is what the, what a lot of Steelers Nation doesn't want to admit. The Steelers have the Mike Tomlin effect. Mm-hmm. They they do. They really, really do. You can hashtag it all you want. It's the Mike Tomlin effect, and you you think it's a problem only because you're you're too close to the situation to 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 see the greatness of it. So, getting there is something that these guys can do. Now you got to win when you get there.
2: All right, I want to look at this matchup. I think this is a good matchup. that could have some significance down the road if they are battling for a final playoff spot. The head-to-head tiebreaker is the first one. I want to go, like, tennis style. You know, when they're at deuce, next point is advantage. So we're going to talk about who has the advantage, in your opinion, in each of these categories. We're not going to break it down into, like, running game, passing game. It's just going to take too long. So we're going to start with the offense. I want you to think about the Steelers offense. Yes, that's kind of cringeworthy right now, but still think about the Steelers offense comparative to the Patriots offense. Who do you give the advantage to? Brian, we'll start with you.
1: Well, I'm going to give the advantage to the Steelers and begrudgingly, I mean, like, I I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm completely confident on that because if we were breaking down a little bit more running game, I'm giving it to the Patriots, but, I'm I'm giving the uh, passing game to the Steelers, especially with Pat Fryermuth and those wide receivers. I really think that Chase Claypool has shown what he can do, and I think I'm thinking about Cordero Patterson, who started with the the uh, who played for the New England Patriots at one point, and I really think that he might be one of those guys used like that. The Steelers are going to use him on the ground a lot too. I don't know if they're gonna quite use him like Debo Samuel. All I'm saying is they're going, you're gonna see a lot of rushing out of him. I think you're gonna see a superstar year out of Chase. So I think with those receivers and with Fryermuth, I think the Steelers have the advantage on offense.
2: Dave, you agree, disagree?
3: The advantage on offense? I would like Brian said, it's it's a slight advantage in the run game. To me, for the Patriots, not a lot. They only rushed for like eighty some yards. I said it on Stat Geek. I have it written down somewhere, but I don't remember. You know, their their yards per carry wasn't overly impressive um, com- compared to the Steelers, and their passing games were almost identical. Although the Steelers had an extra ten minutes, so I'm I think they're about a wash. So if you, if I give an advantage to anyone, it's only because the Steelers' offense is still evolving. But you know what? So is the Patriots. They they might have their quarterback coming into his second year, which means you would hope they would already be a little bit further along by week two of the season, but uh, they're they're still not where they want to be. I think the Steelers right now are are slightly behind there with a chance to catch up this week or move ahead as they as they get some cohesion going.
2: I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, especially. Also, no one mentioned that they're at home this week. And that, well, I think that's important, you know, you I mean, I we were
3: just comparing the offenses though,
2: right? Well, we, I'm thinking about in this game, Oh, oh so in, this, okay. in this game, venue comes into plays a factor for me. Hmm. Um, And I also think it's really weird when you do some digging into the fact that when McDaniels left for Las Vegas, they never really replaced him. It is the strangest thing. They, they, they refuse to name an offensive coordinator on the Patriots. If they did, it's just strictly by title because they might've had to, it is it is really really weird when you do when they, you look at it.
3: But they did the same thing when Matt Patricia left. They did not name Brian Flores the defensive coordinator.
2: He right. acted it's like strange. one, but they didn't it's name so, it. They, they it's didn't name so him. That. Odd. It's so yeah. odd, and they're doing the same thing. And there's a lot of people. I you know I listened to Know Your Enemy, which obviously was on Wednesday night, and they had Pat on from Pat's Pulpit. He does not. Um, he doesn't own the site. It's just his <laughs> <name>. <laughs> Pat Lane, I think, is his name. And uh, yes. he talked about how they feel like they're kind of just meandering their way through offensively, and there's really no direction. Hey, I love it. I- I'm glad they don't have any direction heading into week two. Let's go to the defense. This is tough. This is really tough. Looking at who has the advantage on the defensive side of the ball. Brian, we'll start with you. I still think it's the Steelers as well.
1: The Patriots are always going to have a good defense. Raquan McMillan's there. They they have some very good players. You still have Devin McCourty. You you have those type of players. But what I saw last week was four potential defensive players of the year from the Steelers, based on just one game. If the season ended, and the, I know you hate that phrase, but if the season ended after week one, probably four of the top defenders came out of that game in white uniforms and black and gold trim. Of course, T.J. Watt is not going to be there. And of course, you know, you have to think that you might have a little bit of a DL elevation in the game of Alex Highsmith. But Highsmith still was doing some things that were very impressive in that game. And I really think that he's kind of uh, taking that Chad Brown jump to a next level. And you you still have a guy like, like Cam Hayward, who's just a leader and Devin Bush jr. Who everybody wants to, uh, wants to crack on. He, he had his, he had his most of his, uh, front four back front three. He had his defensive lineman back and played a pretty good game. There was other, I'm not saying he was one of the defensive player of the year candidates. I just said he was pretty good in that game. It's hard to find a defender last week that you thought was a liability for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if you have one that was head and shoulders above the rest, he was recognized as the defensive player of the week. Was that just AFC or was that NFL? AFC, that was AFC, AFC. right? AFC.
3: Well, if it would have been the whole NFL, who knows what it would have been. I think yeah. he still would have had it.
1: I, I think he would have had it too. That was a dominating performance. That was, uh, that, that was a guy that if he continues a performance like that, he is the defensive player of the year because that was an Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu. That was a, that was that kind of runny prof- lot. It was that kind of performance. He did it all. And the ultimate stat that will not show up on PFF. He got a double bird from one of the best <laughs> players in the, one of the best players in the NFL. I think Jamar chase is one of the most explosive guys in this league right now. And, he, and he had good numbers. He had over a hundred yards and he had catches. But guess what? If you frustrate a man enough to get the double bird, the only thing was lacking was him crossing his arms. You know, I mean, that's it. He just completely frustrated this guy. And when you have that, you've got to give the defensive advantage to the Steelers on this.
2: Dave, what do you think about the defensive defense comparing to one another?
3: Yeah, I'm gonna before I answer that, I do want to say one thing I forgot to say about the offense. You got to remember something that people are, are really down on the Steelers offense. Not once, but twice in overtime, they moved the ball into field goal range. So at least when they had when when the game was on the line. Now, granted, the first time they were three and out, but they they did come through eventually in that. So it shows that there is that. Killer P word that Jeff hates, um, and mm-hmm. potential that that yes. that could be there. But when it comes to the defenses, I give the I give a slight advantage to the Pittsburgh Steelers without TJ Watt. If it's the Steelers with TJ Watt, you have right. a sizable advantage, in my opinion.
2: I
0: just agree with that.
2: I agree, Dave, 100%. And so let's go to special teams now. We can breeze through that one a little bit. I don't even know who the specialists are for the Patriots. I just know. Um. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about everything from returners to kickers to holders mm-hmm. to long snappers. Brian, what do you think?
1: That that was a pretty good performance from the Steelers. I can. I'm, I'm like you, Jeff. I I can't honestly tell you. I mean, Matthew Slater's been there for 47 years. I think, and if he's still there, the I mean, you still are going to have a good special teams. They've always had a good special teams over there uh, but I'd have to give it a push,
2: okay Dave you doing push as well
3: what well, for for the for the special teams mm-hmm. uh, I'm giving advantage Steelers because you got freaking Chris Boswell I mean, no disrespect to Nick Folk, but he's not Chris Boswell in my opinion, so but then you've got the other stuff, and the Steelers really i mean they had some nice plays on special teams on Sunday. So I'm not, I know the Patriots are known as this team that, that really focuses on special teams and, and tries to win that aspect of the game, them and that disgusting purple team in, in our division. Um, but, but I still, I've, I haven't seen anything from the Steelers that I feel like is a let down there. So I give it, I give the advantage
2: there. Plus they have Steelers have Gunnar Olszewski. Gunner Oak, former, <laughs> former now The former Patriot, yeah. he's probably going to want to stick it to his old team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny when he signed with Pittsburgh and they were kind of saying, well, what was it about Pittsburgh? And he said he was honest. He said, they offered me more than one year. And I said, wow, that's telling. So that tells me the Patriots probably said, we'll give you a one-year contract. He wanted the security of more than one. So there you go. All right, let's go to the last one, which is something that is always debated with the Steelers and Patriots. It's coaching. Who do you give the <laughs> advantage to coaching? Brian, go ahead. I'm
1: you're gonna hate me for this. I'm never gonna go against Bill Belichick as a coach. Uh, I love Mike Tomlin. You know, I'm a Tomlin guy, but when you go, he's the ultimate, he's the best of all time.
2: All right, Dave, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I'm going with a push because I think that there's advantages and disadvantages. Um, when you move throughout the other coaches. I mean, my goodness, the Steelers have Brian Flores as a defensive special assistant. Um, I know a lot of people are are down on Matt Canada, but you know what Matt Canada is? He is an offensive coordinator and the Patriots don't have one. So um, maybe you can call that a wash if you believe Canada is not one either. Um, I'm sorry, bad joke. Um, So that's that's part of the reason that I'm going to go there. And I'm not... Bill Belichick is a great coach, but you know what? I hate like I say, too many Steelers Nation doesn't want to think this way. So is Mike Tomlin.
2: I think that if you give the edge to Belichick as a head coach, the staff of the Steelers should make it a push. Uh, they just they have a very good coaching staff. Mike Tomlin has surrounded himself with a tremendous amount of coaching talent, and that's worthy of of being Uh, that's what I was trying to say. There you go. Good (laughs) job. Okay. Let's do some over-under, um, then we're going to get can, to our Can points. I ask one Both question? Updates. I
3: forgot to ask this in the defensive part. Sure. All right. Both of these teams gave up 20 points last week. Pittsburgh Steelers gave up 20 points to in the – Five quarters. Yeah. In, in, well, almost, because it's only 10 minutes. Over here. Right. But still, in almost five quarters to the Bengals, the, the, the Patriots gave up 20 points to the Dolphins. How do you compare the Bengals with the Dolphins? I mean, is that an advantage Steelers there pretty much because – of the team that they were playing,
0: but yeah, I mean, both teams were on the
3: road
2: doing that too. Dolphins are, I think they're they're legit offense this year.
3: Do you think they're more legit than the Bengals?
2: They have Tyreek Hill and Waddle now, and Tua is supposed to be a guy. I'm you, not think sure I'm, you think Tua is more than a Joe Burrow? No, but I'm saying yeah. like you you know, when the Steelers also did benefit from T Higgins leaving the game. Yeah. Um. So I I I think Miami is a lot better than what a lot of people think. I'm not saying I'm going to predict them to beat the Ravens and m t this weekend, but at the same time, I do put the Bengals above them, but not by as much just, as a lot of people would suggest. Just thought I'd ask that real quick. Okay, Brian? Brian? Anything, Dad?
1: I will say this. If they uh, if they keep the Brian Flores game plan from last year, they'll beat the Ravens. That's the only way. Yeah, it'd be because true.
2: <laughs> Flores, Flores knows how to uh, handle one Lamar. Miami um, struggles in Baltimore, though. They beat uh, them in South Beach, but they struggle in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, and and that's – a lot of people – a lot of teams do for some reason. I I just don't get that. But, yeah, I I kind of – I get what Dave's saying, that, yeah, it is an advantage for the Steelers because I I agree with Jeff, too, because I think that Miami is a much better team. But, no, man, uh, as far as explosiveness on offense, that is a better team, and that's a good defense in
2: Cincinnati, too. All right. Good question, though. All, all right, let's, let's go to Okay, over. we're doing over-under. I decided to do it a little different this week. It's all individual over-unders, not doing any team over under. So there's not points, not sacks, not turnovers, takeaways, none of it. So here we go. Let's start things off with, I think this is an appropriate place to start, Alex Highsmith sacks. Coming off a three-sack game, I have his number at two and a half. Brian, over-under. Under, but he's still going to get two. Okay. What do you say, Dave? I'm going
3: to go under, I'm going to go one and a half. I think you'll get one on his own and they'll combine for, he'll combine for another.
2: Okay. I'm going to go under with two. I think he gets two next one. Malik Reed sacks. Now he's going to be playing a lot more than he did. It, it, that's his name, right? Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. I wrote it down.
2: <laughs> I, wrote it down without I was like, I really hope that's right. Anyways, Malik Reed sacks. One and a half is the line. Again, he's going to see a lot of time. Brian over under. I'm going to say under, but I still think he can get one. All right.
3: Dave? I I decided I had a number in my head before you said yours, and that number was both him and Highsmith are going to get one and a half. They're going to split one and each get one, so I'm going
2: to push. I'm going to go over. I think he gets two. I think they're going to be playing a lot of attention to Highsmith, and he's going to get some looks on the other side. Let's go with the uh, Biskey business, Mitch Trubisky touchdowns. One and a half, Brian, over, under. Passing
1: touchdowns, right?
2: Could be any. Oh, okay. Just
1: So pick sixes, don't count. No, um. No,
2: don't oh, say that. I'm just joking. Uh, uh,
1: wait, is
3: that of- with him? He's like the only quarterback? Don't
2: say it. Don't <laughs> say it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> even utter the words. That's like you know? Shank I'm to shank on a just golf Just go course. look into the history of
3: good old J.R. Bear's tweets, and you'll find you it go. within the last two days.
2: There you go. <laughs> let's, say, let's say over with two. Oh, okay. Are they both passing or do you have a rushing touchdown as well? No, I, I'm going to give them two passing touchdowns. Okay. Dave, what about you?
3: And then what was the number you gave? One and a half. I'll go two as well. No, wait. <laughs> no, I got to. I was going to go two and then I got to think about my score prediction. So I'm going under. I'm going one.
2: Okay. I'm going to go over with two. I'm going to go over with two, both passing. This was difficult based on the injury report and where things are headed. Najee Harris rushing yards. 45 and a half Brian over under under Oh, Okay. All right, Dave. What do you think?
3: Uh, You know what? I'm going to go under two. I'm Mm -hmm. because I, I I, I only give them about a 65% chance that they decide that they're going to have him play. If they don't feel that he's ready to go.
2: Okay. I'm going to go over and say 50. That is not going to be by (laughs) much. We'll put it that way. That's if he hopefully he's healthy and plays. All right, next one George Pickens yardage. So total yards for George Pickens receiving yards. I should have prefaced that 48 and a half, 48 and a half for one George Pickens. Brian over under. I think they
1: want to go to him. I think they're going to have more success this week at home. I think,
2: I think over. Okay, Dave.
3: I am going under. I think he'll have more than he did last. Week, but I don't know that they're ready to. I know. (laughs) I, I, well, remember (laughs) Juju Smith-Schuster in his first game as a rookie with the Steelers had zero. Again, you know they his remember his first reception with the Steelers was on was a touchdown, and it was on one of those inside shovel passes. So. I still think that, but you know, being a rookie, I I don't see the big explosion until maybe weeks three or four. So I still think it's going to be easing it a little bit more.
2: I'm going to go with over just because I feel like if they connect on a couple, you know, 15, 20 yard passes, I and mean, it doesn't have to be a deep shot. He could easily go over 48 and a half. So I'm going to go with over. Maybe I'm wish maybe it's wishful thinking. Last one, Pat Fryermuth touchdown catches, one and a half. Over under Brian over. He's getting two. Nice. Dave.
3: I only have Trubisky throw at one, so I can't go over that, but I, but I I think the one will be the Fremont.
2: Okay. I'm going under with one. So we'll see how those individual or individual. Yeah. Like those uh, props, those over unders work. Let's talk about the spread and give our predictions. Dave, what is the current spread for this game uh, on Sunday?
3: All right. Well, I had it up here. I'm I'm refreshing it because I want it to be the most up to date. The Pittsburgh Steelers are currently two point underdogs on Sunday. This This is is DraftKings. Yep. Really? Yeah. Wow. What? Yep. That's remember they ruled out TJ Watt, so you know. Well, but it was one and a half earlier today when I was looking
2: for my parlay for the. the Let's Ride podcast. It, it, it was two
3: when I made my picks this afternoon for, for tally site, which uses okay. DraftKings. Um, and the over-under is
2: 40.5. That changed because that was 40 earlier. Mm, so. All right, Brian, time for your prediction. What's your score prediction? How do you see it shaking out?
1: So I've been going over this uh, quite a bit, and I am going to say it is going to be a finals. If Steelers are going to win it. It's going to be a final score of 30 to 19. Oh my gosh. That would be awesome. (laughs) And I, I really, I, I almost said 26. I almost said 27. I want to give them three touchdowns. I'm i I'm, I'm thinking that there will be a rushing touchdown in this game. And I'm thinking there's going to be two passing touchdowns and there's going to be a good bit of field goals. So I don't think that the Patriots are who they have been before. They still have the potential for danger. And I know that the, uh, the defense is going to give up one touchdown in this game, but they're going to give up a lot of field goals. And if you could hold a team to, to four field goals, that's not that bad. Four field goals and a touchdown, you can, you can win a game as long as your offense is getting off. I think this offense is going to, has grown a little bit from last week, and I think they're going to be ready to go.
2: All right. There you go. Dave, what's your prediction? You've probably been dreaming about this for six months.
3: <laughs> no, but I have, I, 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 over, what do I do? I overthink things. Okay. I want to remind people of something. Okay. We're, we've talked about the shirtless Brian watching games. Um, we've had various different things we do. I wear the same Jersey. I wear the same socks. I have the same get up and everything with the games. I want to remind fans something. Okay. Are you ready? What we do has absolutely no bearing on what the Steelers do. It is just the crazy, ridiculous stuff that we do to make it feel like in some way we're affecting the outcome. With that in mind, last year I picked the Steelers to lose the first week, and they won. Same spread, same on the road, quality opponent, same thing happened. What did I do the next week? They came home and I picked them to win. And what happened? They lost. I can't let this trend continue. I have to do this because personally, me doing this is what's going to make the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game. So I will pick the Patriots at 17-10 to 10 to break this cra- – no, I said the wrong score – to 17-13 sorry, 17 to 13, to break this tra- crazy trend just for you all because the last thing we want to do is fall into the same trap as last year to where even though they had that great first first week one win, then you drop the next two. You're welcome, Steelers Nation. I'll fall on my sword for that one.
2: <laughs> I love the preface where you say none of this matters, but here's my thinking. <laughs> um, so- exactly.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm more along the lines of Brian in terms of, I think there's going to be more points scored uh, than we think. I agree also with the field goals. I think the Steelers defense is going to give the offense some short fields to work with. And I think the Steelers, the offense will make enough plays to win. I love the Steelers getting points at home, two points at home in the home opener. I feel like that's fool's gold right there. Just take it and run to the bank. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers on the money line as well. I have the Steelers winning 23 to 17 to advance to two and zero before they head to Cleveland in Week three. So 23 to 17, which is funny because the old over under of 40 would have been a push. Now it's officially the under as it moved to 40 and a <laughs> half. But when I placed my prediction, it was at 40 even. So all right, two of the three of us have the Steelers winning. Dave using his reverse logic trying to get a win out of it. That's fine. Do we both have trivia tonight? We do. We do. All right, Brian, go ahead. All right, quick and easy. The Pittsburgh Steelers have only beaten
1: the New England Patriots in a season twice in that same season. What year was it?
2: You mean they beat them twice in a season? Is that twice in the
1: same season?
2: Of course, postseason was, you
1: know.
3: Well, you've... You never – they've never been in the same division. So that means, as far as I know, they've never faced each other twice in the regular season. So So it would have to be a regular season win and a postseason win. It is. That did not happen in 2004 because they lost to them in the postseason. So I think you'd have to go back – my goodness, who did they? Sometimes I can't remember them beating them along the way. In the in the when's the last time they beat them in the playoffs, Jeff? Um,
2: gosh, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm trying to think because they lost in 0-1. Mm-hmm.
3: They didn't. They didn't face them in 0-5. They didn't face them in
2: in 8 did they? They did. That was the Matt game, but they didn't beat. No, them.
3: meaning in the in the postseason. Yeah, no, they didn't face them in in the postseason in 2010. Um, so we're talking 90s. I'm thinking. Um, I don't remember if they took them. Took you know what? I'll just go 95. I have no idea if they if they face them in the postseason on the way to the super bowl i don't think they did i remember i remember the colts there more than anything but I, i'm if it's before that i'm not going to remember all their yeah, games along the that's way. that's where i am what is it brian
1: it's actually 1997 oh.
3: seven and seven okay now
1: in december i believe it was like december 13th right around there tony and i talk about this game a lot one of my favorite all-time games they were in they were in New England in the, in the snow. They needed to win that game. Keevan Henry had a late interception and uh, just this weird interception of Bledsoe Bledso late in the game. It was a fantastic game. Then, because of that win there, instead of going to New England, they played the divisional round against the Steelers in Three River Stadium. And the final score was seven to six,
2: Steelers. That's interesting. Good trivia, though. I didn't know that. All right, Dave, you're up.
3: Well, I I have to say the reason I guessed 95 was I wanted to make sure I at least picked the year that the Steelers made the postseason. I was afraid I'd screw that up (laughs) because, you know, I'm 2000 and and I'm much better with those kind of things. All right. This may be a repeat question. I can't remember. So maybe you guys can't remember either. But this was inspired by two fellas who just so happened to be the the last show on our network before this one, meaning on the audio side, the what Yin's talking about, guys, who said, hey, if nothing else, listen to the Steelers preview to get some good trivia at the end. But there was something else they mentioned along the way. Um, I couldn't do it exactly by coach the way they wanted to. But what I did was I looked at since 2007, when Mike Tomlin became the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I looked at teams that played games where they were underdogs. All right. Only two teams since 2007 have been underdogs in fewer games than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this this is only up through 2021 because, for some reason, Pro Football Reference doesn't have the week one games in whenever you run the filter stuff right now. So this is only through through last season. Who are the two teams that have been underdogs less times than the Steelers since 2007? I don't think this is very difficult. I'm going to say New England. New England Patriots less the the Steelers are at seventy, the Patriots are at thirty three. Jeez, <laughs> half as many as the second place team, who's at sixty six, which is the other team for you guys to guess. The Colts. Kansas City. Okay, Jeff says the Colts and Brian says Kansas City. Uh, the The Colts are actually tenth. And Kansas City um, is eleventh, where the Steelers,
2: you know, are third. What about the, what about the Ravens? Just where do they? The
3: Ravens
2: are fifth. Ooh, I'm in the right direction. Yeah, so you're
3: getting close. And this is an AFC. This is an AFC team.
1: No. Okay. This is the NFL. Oh, the entire NFL. Um, the Packers.
3: That it would be the Green Bay mm. Packers has been have been underdogs less times than the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is another NFC team that is only one game behind the Steelers at the end of last season in the number of times they've been underdogs. Steelers have been 70. This team was 71. Any idea who the next the only team between Pittsburgh and Baltimore?
2: Philly.
3: Philly actually isn't that far back. They're seventh. But it's not Philly.
2: Seattle? I was was thinking Seattle next. Oh, Seattle. Seattle has two losses.
3: (laughs) No. um, Seattle is ninth. How about New Orleans? It would be the New Orleans Saints.
2: There you go. With with
3: 71. Okay. There you go. I still got two more follow-up questions. Who are the two teams you think who have, since 2007, have been underdogs the most? There's a tie with 178 games being an underdog.
1: That's who I was going to say.
3: No, it's not Detroit, believe it or not, because I know Detroit's favored for the first time in like two years, but it's not Detroit. Jacksonville? It is Jacksonville.
2: Arizona? I don't know why I'm thinking Arizona. Too. I was thinking Arizona. I like Arizona. It is. It. Oh my gosh, he froze! How oh about my the... gosh, he froze!
1: <laughs> I would have to say the, the Jets and the. And the...
2: Well, tune so... in next week. <laughs>
1: that is so funny. And we lost Dave. Dave
2: was having internet issues, and we were wondering if he was going to get through this show, and he did not.
1: So I, I tell you what we'll do on this. Um, I had an announcement to make anyways, Jeff. Oh. So if you don't mind me going in and making that announcement, something we you and I talked about yesterday. So when we do this show, we do the over and under. And the only time we really say that we got it right is, I mean, say the results is when we get it right. we want to pat ourselves on the back. So I've decided that on Monday's on Monday's bad language, I'm going to go ahead and recap, not only our over under, but my bold and bizarre predictions. So that's going to be in the second half of that show. I'm going to do that. And since we don't know the answer to Dave's question, I'll try to throw that on the show
2: too. (laughs) (laughs) He might be back before we end the show, but, uh, yeah, and you're going to do staff picks, too, is right? The, the, yes. The best and the worst pick of the week, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to have some fun with it. Good stuff. All right, well, Brian, why don't you do your final thoughts, and if Dave comes back, we'll, we'll get him on here. All right. My final thoughts are simple. My dad told me this when I
1: got married, and he said, son, if your wife wants you to have pink and green polka dots on your wall and you don't give a crap, let her have it. In a marriage, son, there's going to be times that it's not going to be 50-50. There's going to be times that it's going to be need to be 80-20-90-10. And you're going to have to give the 90. And there's some times that you're going to have to give the 10. And you're there's there's times that she's going to have to give that 90. And it's just the way it goes. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, last week the defense had to give the 90, and they did. But for the Steelers to be ultimately successful this year, they're going to have to try to have as many 50-50s as they possibly can. But there's going to be a time when the Steelers' defense are going to say, guys, we need to give the 10, you need to give the 90. And that's when you find out the heart of a football team. And I think this week, is where you're going to see the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense get closer to that 90. Not that they're going to have to, because I think the defense is going to do a good job, but you're going to see that defense say, hey, we're a part of this relationship. The offense say, we're a part of this relationship too,
2: and we can give the 90 if we have to. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, For me, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I think we might have Dave joining us again. There he is, I think. Is he back? Am I back? Well, we can hear you. Tell us the other team. You were getting ready to say it, and we're like, no. (laughs) Uh,
3: I I might lose you. I'm trying to use the hotspot through my cell phone right now. Um, The Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Wow. Oh, wouldn't I guess that? Not even the Jets. Wow.
3: But. If I could get to my what my last question was going to be, there's only one team since 2007 that in games they were underdogs has a winning record.
2: Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> They're 37 and 33, and that doesn't even count this past week.
2: Yeah, so suck on that, Tomlin haters. Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right Dave, any final thoughts while we have you on the hot spot?
3: Oh, well... <laughs> I am I am on the hot spot. So I don't know if my thoughts will come through or not. But uh the I, I'm having I don't want to have nightmares from from 2021 where the Steelers came up with the big win and then it then it, it they struggled the next couple games. If you're gonna bank on five takeaways from your defense every week in order to win, you're gonna be in trouble. The Steelers need to show that they can doesn't doesn't mean that you're not gonna get takeaways but the Steelers need to not have a plus five turnover ratio or sorry margin to some people like ratio for that um and be able to come through with a victory so this will this is a really good test as to what this team really is was that just the hey we've got extra time to prepare for this team and they didn't play anyone in the preseason um or is this actually um the the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that we think we're going to see all season, even without the reigning defensive player of the year. So it's going to be a big one. Get your popcorn ready.
2: I am excited for this game on Sunday for so many reasons. I am really curious to see how the fan responds to Mitch. The fans respond to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, with his play, hopefully he plays well enough and silences the critics and the crowd at the same time, because that means the Steelers are successful. So let's keep that in mind. I hope that, um, everyone that's listening will join us for the post game show after the game. Once Mike Tomlin's press conference is wrapped up with something about five or 10 minutes after that, we get started. You can find us live on YouTube or on Facebook live and, uh, we'll be back. What, what day of the week next week?
3: Tuesday.
2: We'll be back next Tuesday to preview uh, the Steelers Thursday night game against uh, Brownie, the elf in Cleveland. (laughs) So uh, make sure you check us out. Dave, why don't you send us out?
3: Hey,
2: we'll see you next week.